Good morning. Today's Bible reading is from Philippians 1, verses 3 to 11. It's called Thanksgiving and Prayer. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Thanks, Margaret. As you know, we're starting our missions month, and uh, one of the things I, I think we somehow fail to grasp is just what our role in mission is. Uh, we often uh, have people come up once a month, or not even that, talk about. Um, we know the church gives money, and occasionally we pray. Well, this morning I want to look at this passage to help us enter into this missions month uh, I guess with a better understanding of what our role is in mission in many respects because we don't go out on the field all the time. We're coming to church on Sundays and yes, we're going into our workplaces or our clubs and whatever, but what is it that we're doing from a missions perspective? Well, let me pray and, and then we'll open up uh, this word to help us understand that a bit better. Father God, thank you for your word and we pray now that as we open it, uh, that you convict us and that you help us to uh, understand our role as a church uh, in your mission. Uh, Father, thank you that it is your mission. Thank you that it is your church and thank you that your kingdom is being proclaimed and drawn together through us. And Father, we just pray that through this word we will understand on a better level how it is that we can be involved in your mission. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I became a Christian. I, God basically saved me in 1997. It was Australia Day. It was up in Katoomba Youth Convention. Uh, and I had a very real experience. And for the next few years, I, I was all just focused on the word. I just wanted to grow and learn. And I remember someone gave me this big NIV study Bible and I just carried it everywhere. Uh, I... I was in the city on the train and I was going to and forward with this big study Bible and, and eventually it fell apart and I just couldn't get enough of God's word. And it was a great time, but over after about four years, I moved from Blacktown to Bronte. My autobiography will be Blacktown to Bronte and back again, uh, which has been the journey. But, uh, but I moved to Bronte and, and I had to find a new church. And in the church I'd become a Christian in, I guess I was always a new Christian. I just sat back and and took everything in. I never got involved. And when I went to Ramwick Presbyterian Church, which uh, I started attending there, and I sat in the pews just like I always had, and I hadn't done much at all. 
And then one day, a good friend of mine from the previous church who had gone to Bible college, he and his wife came as student pastors, John and Corrine. And after about three months, they'd approached, uh, they'd approached the session, the, the leadership team, because they wanted to go to Ecuador as missionaries. So the leadership team, the session came to me and said, would you like to be the missions convener? And I went, what's mission? I honestly had never heard the word before, ever, in the church. And I think that's uh, common of many churches. But over the next uh, few years, I went through quite a journey. So John and Kareem were leaving in about nine months, and so we established a team, we put the team together, and what they, what they came to us uh, to ask us to be is partners, partners in mission. See, when it came down to it, John and Kareem didn't want the church to just provide financially and prayerfully for them. They were asking us to be the sending church and to be partners. And when you think about mission from our church, partnership should be the word that we use when we talk about uh, supporting our missionaries. We love the word support because if you support, you're just kind of giving them stuff so they can go and do whatever they need to do. But partnership means that there's relationship. And if you have a look at this passage, this is the very first thing Paul talks about between his relationship as a missionary and the church at Philippi as those who are not just supporting him but partnering with him. Have a look at verse 3 to 5. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And then in verses 7 to 8, he says this, It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And then later in chapter 4, verse 14, he says, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. So the base word here for share is the same as the word used for partnership. The Philippians are partnering with Paul in his missionary journeys. And the term's quite unique uh, in the letter to the Philippians. Uh, It's very distinct from how he addresses other churches. And as a result of their partnership, the relationship between Paul and the Philippians is also very unique. See, there's a deeper significance of true partnership. See, partnership means relationship. Support doesn't necessarily mean much relationship, but partnership does. In verse 7, he says he has them in his heart. It's relational. Verse 8, that he longs for all of them with the affection of Christ Jesus. Partnership goes beyond support. It equals relationship. Relationship on a personal uh, level, which results in affection, and a longing 
to actually know what's happening in each other's lives. It's not one way, it's, 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 a, it's a relationship. See, a relationship that grows closer as the sending church se- shares in the life of the missionary and as the missionary shares in the life of the sending church. And what happens is the mission becomes an extension of the church. Now, I'm kind of glad to see uh, uh, to see uh, Deborah here this morning. So Deborah is one of our supportive missionaries, okay? That's what we say. And uh, it's great to have her here with us this morning uh, because we need to know what's happening in her life. Uh, and maybe over morning tea you can do that. But it should be an ex- her ministry... Overseas should be an extension of the church. Now, when I was at SNBC, I've shared with you every year they would set, put a letter in your pigeonhole. So SNBC is Sydney Missionary and Bible College when I went to college. And it, the letter would explain what your duty was each year. You know, you're always hoping to get a duty which aligned with your gifts and they prayerfully considered everyone. Did you have this, Deborah? Yeah, so Deborah went to SNBC and every year you would get this letter in your pigeonhole and it would tell you, obviously, prayerfully, the Holy Spirit has led them to what your gift would be, having known you a bit as well. And every year I was at SNBC, I was given vacuuming. (laughs) Every single year. It sucks. Oh, there you go. There must be a poet in the room. Um, So... (laughs) So every year with anticipation, I was there for four years, by the way, and I did vacuuming and I always got the shift after lunch. The big auditorium, like the big kind of dining room. Now, we had a vacuum cleaner, one of the backpack vacuum cleaners, and I had to vacuum the whole thing. Unfortunately, the cord didn't reach all around the room. So I needed an extension cord. See, that extension cord enabled uh, me to vacuum the far corners of all the grubby students that couldn't care less about whether their olives fell on the ground. And I had to vacuum that far corner. I could reach the far corners of that room because I had these long extension cords. See, in the same way, it's no different about the relationship between us and those we are supporting or partnering with overseas they are an extension of the ministry which is the same here as it is in Cambodia or Africa or wherever it is the extension of our ministry and it should be the same ministry and Paul refers to it here the gospel confirming the gospel all of you share in God's grace we are an extension to enable the sorry our missionaries are an extension to enable the work that is happening here and in other local churches to go to the ends of the earth now this morning we've heard about hope street when joe goes to woolamaloo he is extending the ministry of the gospel from here to woolamaloo to enable the kingdom to grow and that is a partnership we partner by practically supporting him and and financially 
but we partner also with the church in Woolloomooloo. That's how God's work happens. So this is what Paul's initially saying. This is a partnership. But the second thing he's saying here is that partnership is a sign of maturity in Christ. Have a look at verses 4 to 6 again. Or Yeah, I'll, I'll read 4 to 6 again. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, there's great confidence that if we're engaged in a healthy, meaningful uh, way with God's mission to God's earth, to to the people in God's earth, then that is a great sign of maturity. If a church, which many churches are, have no idea necessarily what's happening in the mission world or aren't engaged in mission, aren't involved in some way in mission, well, it's a sign of immaturity because the great plan for God is for the entire earth is for all people to hear the gospel and for those who he has called to be saved. Paul says in verses 9 to 11, he, he, he tells us what he means in verse 6 when he says God will carry his work to completion. He says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. How we partner in mission is a reflection of how we are heading towards that day, our eyes on the kingdom of God, our hope beyond this world, uh, our eyes on glorifying God, not uh, trying to build our own uh, glory or club here at church, and that we, on that day, are being refined into blameless and pure people uh, in Christ. See, a mature church is growing in the likeness of Jesus and that is reflected in how we are engaged in his will and his will is that we go into the earth baptizing, uh, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, how we partner will reflect our maturity of faith. In Croydon at SNBC, I don't know, I'll just keep talking to Deborah all, all morning, but because uh, she's been there, she might understand. But when I was there, uh, a new delicatessen opened up near the college. Now, they're in Croydon and uh, they imported cheeses from all around the world. And we've kind of got Con's Deli up here in Glenbrook and I'm sure he does the same. I haven't had the money to go in there. I wish I had more money at Bible College. Uh, but <coughs> my annual review will be in a few weeks. No, just kidding. Um, that <coughs> so they imported cheeses from all around the world. Now, I love a good cheese. Um, do we have any cheese lovers here? Yep, they're all the fancy ones that have moved to Glenbrook. Uh, and anyway, so I love a brie. Even better, a double brie. Even better, the King Island triple cream brie. Yeah, there you go. Everyone knows that. And every time, I'm sure you do what I do, you go into Woolworths and Coles and you just wait till they're on sale. Yeah, you wait and then suddenly it's on sale and you're like, yes, it's going to be a good night and a worse morning. Um, (coughs) But anyway, in this delicatessen, (laughs) in in this delicatessen, 
they had imported brews and they had this uh, brew from France, which I bought once. And I don't think I've ever had a brew like this. You see, when you cut into it, if a brie is not mature yet, it's chalky. Have you had, ever had that? You cut into it and you go, oh. So when you look for cheese, look for one that's close to the use-by date. Not that the use-by date's a long way away or the best before date. There's no best before. Uh, but anyway, so you know what I mean. So if you cut in, it's chalky if it's immature. But this French brie was perfectly mature. In fact, you cut into it and it would stick on the knife and you could not get it off the knife. Was anyone hungry yet? I bet you there's no brie left in your coals or woolies afterwards. So, and I, I couldn't get the knife out. I just struggled to come out. It was like a paste that was so lovely and it just, oh, it was just beautiful. See, Paul is saying that how we partner with our missionaries is a sign of maturity. And if you were to cut the heart of the church, would it be chalky and not really maturing? Uh, or, or is it going to be mature and, and expressing that maturity in the way it's engaged with partnership in God's mission around the world? See, our partnership will reflect the maturity of our faith. Are we chalky? Or are we mature? The partnership is more than, uh, more than just support and our partnership is a reflection of our maturity. But the, the, the letter, the third thing Paul says here is really partnership is more than just prayer and finances. It gives us into an insight into several things that were happening between Paul and the Philippians. And I just want to highlight three of them. Uh, one, prayer. Two personal, three practical, and they're all interlinked. If you have a look at verse 3 there, Paul says he thanks God every time he remembers them. Now, I'm assuming he remembered them quite often, uh, but he's saying that he prayed and he gave thanks for them regularly. Prayer is the foundation, and I'm so glad Joe mentioned that about his own ministry here. Nothing is worth anything if it's not grounded in prayer. Otherwise, we're doing it on our own strength. And Paul was a great example of this. He stood on the prayers of the believers. And in his own prayers, he knew the churches stood on his prayers because God is the one with the power. God is the one who uh, provided and God is the one uh, who was enabling uh, the churches and himself to have any impact for the gospel. Missionaries should be praying for the church as much as church should be praying for the missionaries. See, it's so often it's one-sided. We receive these prayer letters from our missionaries, which thankfully we have them weekly incorporated into our prayer points um, on a rotating basis, all our missionaries. But how much are we actually providing our missionaries to be able to pray for the church? See, the church and the missionary should be in partnership. And it's just as encouraging for the missionary to hear all about the church and be able to pray sincerely for the church. So we need to communicate. We need to feed information both ways. In chapter 1, verse 19, Paul says this, For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I don't know if you've ever had people telling you that they're praying for you, but I get it regularly, thankfully, and I'm very grateful for our church. I know you pray for me. 
And it is the most encouraging thing to know that you're going out there, even when you feel weak and even when you feel like you cannot do anything because of whatever's going on, people are saying, I am upholding you to God in prayer. And it reminds you that it is on his strength that we stand. See, we must pray. There's no, that, that is a non-negotiable. And that's not supporting, that is partnering because you cannot pray uh, personally and effectively unless you know about the person. And it really leads us to this next point of personal. That's what relationship is. This is where our true interest in the extension of the church is reflected. If we really believe it's an extension, then we need to communicate. We need to receive updates. We need to give updates. We need to have phone calls, emails, whatever it is. We need information. We need contact. Now, I was a missionary up in Kununurra. We were were supported by people here to basically extend their ministry up into the church up there. And I have to say my own experience was pretty, pretty minimal of this. People provided the money and people said they prayed. But I think in three and a half years of being in Kununurra, I may have received three phone calls. And I'm in the same country. See, this is, this is at the heart of what we need to, we need to have a relational connection. Paul's relationship with the Philippians was personal. He shares how he feels about the Philippians. Verse 4, joy for them. Verse 6, confidence for them. Verse 7, he has them in his heart. Verse 8, affection. How many of our missionaries could you say that that's what you could express? something emotional for them because you know what they are going through. I know some of you do have relationship with our missionaries and that's wonderful. But it should challenge us. And then he shares about his own situation. Verses 12 to, six to, 12 to 26, the next passage, is all about him being in prison, which is where he wrote this letter from. He was under persecution. He's suffering and he's enduring. But he finds strength. Because he identifies with something more than just himself and his work in God. Verse 25, I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. His eyes are on the kingdom, not on himself. But it's not just information flow. This should, re- this should respond in practical application. And there's no real limit and there's no... There's no real list of things that is practical support. Uh, Neil Parolo, I know it's dated now, but uh, in his book, Serving Ascenders, says for every one person that goes out, you need at least nine on the ground practically supporting them. See, there's no real limit to this. But in chapter 2, verse 25, uh, we, we, have, uh, we have Paul saying this, but I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. So the Philippians actually sent someone to look after Paul's needs. He was a human, a real person. He was a walking, talking care package. 
So we live in a different world, I understand that. But this is the depth of what they were willing to sacrifice, sending someone over because Paul needed uh, some practical help. See, Epaphroditus provided for his physical needs. Chapter 4, Paul gives reference that the Philippians were ensuring Paul had food, money, resources to keep him on his journey. Practical support should be creative. We've just had a bag of goodies presented to us. Like, really, that looks like my kids' lunchboxes. I was just sitting here thinking, what if I just made one extra lunch every day and put it in a brown paper bag? See, in some respects, it's not that hard, but it does take sacrifice. But that is the heart of the Christian life. If God... Uh, has sacrificed his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If Jesus says, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also, then don't think that the building of the kingdom won't mean sacrifice. It will. And as we care for our missionaries and we partner with them, it will mean sacrifice might be encouragement cards, money, little parcels. It might be many things. If Deborah stands up here and says, you know what, I need a laptop, which I believe happened recently. Is that right? Was it provided? It was provided. Most of you wouldn't even know that happened. She had a need. It was provided. That's a good sign of maturity for our church. I, I think it came from within here. <laughs> you know, and that's good. But if we were all doing that, imagine the impact in the world for the gospel. And there's no real limits on this. When I went to India in a short-term mission back in 2008, as we were chatting locally to some of the people, uh, some of the greatest uh, impact in that country was how Christians were missioning, I guess, in that space. See, the Hindu government would come and build this huge temple in the middle of a village or an area which had no money and no clean water and were sick. The Christians would come in and provide clean water. Now, I can tell you which one was speaking more wholeheartedly to the community there. Not building a big church building, but providing for their needs. See, it's endless. When I was in Kununurra, a family decided to go over to Uganda for a year. While they were there, we had this great night of, it was a missions night, and we had them on Skype, and we had them up on the big screen. Uh, we had some of the people there in the background, and, and we had it all set up so people could come and chat to them all night, and we had this, and we asked them what's needed. And they talked about beds. It was really fascinating. There was a few needs that they'd recognised, that there was people who, um, there was beds and bread, I remember. So they needed beds in an orphanage. And it was great because they were on the ground. So any money that we gave, we knew was going to flow into where it was meant to. And then they said, oh, there's this family who, um, they run a business and they've been, like, their bread machine or something or whatever they used. It wasn't a bread machine, but, you know, whatever they used to, to they needed money to um, replace it. Within 20 minutes, we had more money from, like, a congregation of 25 people. I think 
it was something like $8,000 or $10,000 was suddenly there when we might have needed four or five. But these are good things. This is a sign of maturity that we're engaged in the kingdom. So let's take home. Mission is a partnership. And how we partner is a reflection of our maturity. And partnership is more than prayer and finances. It is prayer, personal and practical so that we can rejoice together as we see God work through us to not only extend the love of Christ into the world, but to see people saved through the work that we're doing. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your your mission that you've given us. Uh, Thank you that you have provided so much for us. And I do pray, Lord, that we will be challenged to to see mission as a partnership, to be relational, to be an extension of us. And Father God, we pray that as you, your Holy Spirit, really convicts and moves us, that we will be sacrificial in what we do, Lord. Thank you for all that is already happening here. So many people sacrificing so much for your mission. For those who are uh, spending a great deal of money to provide for Hope Street, for those who are uh, practically supporting for our missionaries overseas and and sacrificing money uh, towards uh, our mission endeavours. But Father, as a church, I do pray that even in this time where things seem to be uh, less... There's, there's less uh, money to be thrown around in a sense, Lord, where uh, expenses have gone up. Help us to be even more sacrificial, Lord, because we prioritise your kingdom and uh, the work of the Lord uh, before our own needs. So, Father God, bless us now and help us to engage as partners in your mission. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have another song. Uh, called praise my soul the sin of heaven uh the 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 king of heaven sorry and then we'll